It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with producer Austin O'Neill. Got a good show lined up for you today. Brady Bacon's going to join us here in just a little bit. We'll talk about his picking up his first Oval Nationals out at Paris Auto Speedway here in just a little bit. We're also going to talk to Bob Baker here in just a moment. We're going to get him on the phone and talk about what's going on with the new Corvette. They were down at the World Finals uh, selling raffle tickets for the new uh for the sprint car and the Corvette down there this weekend. And we're going to talk to Bob Baker here in just a moment about all of that and more. Um, a little bit of news coming down the pipe here this morning. There was a press release that was put out today that Kyle Larson is going to be running the Wild West shootout at Valdo Speedway Park. Um, he is not going to be running the Chili Bowl. You know, I, me personally, I thought that Flo would absolutely hold his feet to the fire and try to get uh, Kyle Larson to run the Chili Bowl. But it looks like I was wrong when it comes to that notion. And um, anyway, so it's gonna, it looks like that Kyle Larson's going to be running a late model at the Wild West Shootout. It's the same weekend as the Chili Bowl Midget Nationals. I want to know what people think about that. Now, let me ask you, as listeners out there, Will that keep you from buying the Chili Bowl broadcast on Flow? Or will it keep you from watching the Chili Bowl broadcast on Flow? That is the question. Are you, are you, is it, is it going to deter you from watching the Chili Bowl because Kyle Larson's not going to be there? This is the question to the listeners today that are listening in on the show Caleb, Jacob, Chuck. Appreciate you, Chuck. Always tuning in every day from down there at Broken Arrow. We we appreciate you so much. Um, it, it it's not going to keep me. It, it, Kirk and I were talking a little bit about this before we went on the air. You know, all this does is just create more opportunities for other people to win the Chili Bowl. You know, taking Kyle Larson out of the equation. Um, it, it, me personally. I think it, it enhances the opportunity for other people to win the Chili Bowl. There's a lot of guys that could win the Chili Bowl. You think Christopher Bell and all these guys are, are, are going to not run the Chili Bowl because Kyle Larson's not there? I don't think so. And to be honest with you, I, I, I'm going to say this right now, and I hope people don't get mad at me when I say this. But I think Kyle Larson's getting a little big-headed. I think his head's getting a little big. I think he's getting a little full of himself, right? I mean, the comments that he made about Ross Chastain's moves or about running the wall the way he did, saying that, you know, he didn't think that that was cool. Uh, I just, be honest with you, I just think that he's getting a little bit of a big head. That's just me personally. All right, uh, let's go to the phones real quick, and let's bring up our good friend, 
Bob Baker from the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. Bob, how you doing, my friend? Good, Scott. It's good to hear your voice. How you guys doing? Hello, Bob. Are you there? Yep, I can hear you. Can you hear me? No, not my. I unplugged my headphones. I didn't realize I did that. So, um, yeah, I was talking to Austin there for a minute, just getting caught up. It's good to hear your voice, Scott. Yeah, it, it's good. And, and listen, Bob, we want to thank you so much for being a, such a great supporter of mostly motorsports all year long. Uh, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum means a lot to us here at Racing Voice and. You know, I don't know if you know it, but we're going to do 312 episodes this year. Did you know that, Bob? That is a lot of talking on blogs. You know that, Scott? That is a lot of talking, and and we're, we're kind of proud of – I don't think anybody else is doing more days than what we're doing. We're on the air six days a week right now. And I don't think anybody else is doing six days a week anywhere else. In, in Well, it definitely keeps you in the loop when you're talking with everybody about what's going on in the industry and in racing when you're on six days a week and the, the variety of people that you have on your show. Yeah, no doubt. Bob, um, you were down at the World Finals this last weekend. Did you take the sprint car down there? And is- Yes, we did. We took the raffle sprint car down there, the Triple yeah. X chassis with the Moyle Racing 410 engine in it. We, we had it right there at the main entrance under the grandstand where people walk in after they get their tickets torn to get into the to races to the grandstand and had a very good turnout. A lot of people purchased raffle sprint car tickets and are excited about the upcoming giveaway date. Uh, actually, it's Hall of Fame Friday, December the 16th. We're going to not only give away the raffle sprint car on that day, but we're going to announce right. our new Hall of Fame inductees on that day. So it's going to be a big day for us. We're going to do all that on our Facebook Live page at 10 o'clock Central Time. So anybody interested in finding out who are our new inductees for 2023 will be able to find out on December 16th, along with the winner of the raffle sprint car. So that's going to be a fun day for us, something we've never done before. Did you, did you have a good weekend down there? Did you sell a lot of raffle tickets? We sold a lot of raffle tickets. As a matter of fact, on uh, Saturday afternoon, it got a little hectic at the booth. We had four or five people helping us, and uh, we had we had more people wanting to purchase tickets than we could actually get their money quick enough, but everybody was patient with us while they filled out their raffle tickets and we got everybody taken care of. We had, believe it or not, one gentleman from uh, Canada purchased $500 worth of raffle sprint car tickets at that one time on Saturday afternoon. And it was just shortly afterwards, another man came up and bought $200 worth. So people were very generous, you know, with their donations for the raffle sprint car. And and, uh, both of those guys said, we really want to win it. So yeah. They definitely had purchased some tickets and said they'd bought other tickets online before. So the interest level is very high, and this is the first time we've ever printed 15,000 tickets for the raffle car. In the past, we printed 10,000 tickets, and, and we always sold out of the 10,000 tickets. So we thought, gosh, instead of turning anything away at the last minute, we're going we're gonna to print an extra 5,000 tickets, and we're already into that last 5,000 tickets in sales. So we're doing really well with this raffle car. Bob, before we get into talking about the Corvette, I want to ask you, how did the uh, Ascot Tribute go for the uh, the racetrack out in Gardena, California? How did that go? Did that go over well? You know, we, it went over very well. A lot of people came in that were not familiar with Ascot Speedway mm-hmm. out in California. So it was an educational thing for us, you know, to talk about the races and to talk about all the famous drivers and Evil Knievel and everybody that came out of that right. racetrack that went on to become famous people in motorsports. So it was a, it was a real education tool for us, which that's part of why we're here is to preserve the past. 
Right. Uh, the Agagenian family was thrilled with the exhibit. Um, you know, they helped us find some of the race cars and some of the memorabilia that, and the videos we had on display. You know, Chris Agagenian sitting in his dad's office talking about Evil Knievel and all the drivers that came right. through there when his dad was was alive back in the day. And it was it was it was nice to have something different. You know, we've done the salute to champions drivers for 10 years and it was well enough received we're going to do another track tribute next year we're going to do a track tribute to williams grove speedway out in uh, pennsylvania so we're oh, real nice. excited about that we've got uh, i think we've got six of the eight cars that we're looking for to bring in and that exhibit will start april 1st through october 1st next year here in our museum up in knoxville man that's going to be a great track tribute williams grove one of the Great racetracks of all time up there in PA. Um, I've been up there a few times with the Luxol ASCS National Sprint Car Tour doing live broadcast there. Such a great venue, isn't it? It is. It's a really historic venue. You think of Tommy Hendershitz and all of the great drivers that, that right. came out of uh, Williams Grove Speedway and that raced there. Uh, just the track has been there for so long. And it's still in operation today, holding the National Open uh, World of Outlaw Sprint Car Race there every year mm -hmm. in the fall. That's a, a traditional big event. Actually, for the East Coast, it's their Knoxville Nationals. The National Open at Williams Grove is the biggest race, I would say, on the East Coast for sprint car racing. So a lot of tradition, uh, a lot of history. Uh, I guess you probably have heard they're, they're planning on taking that uh, bridge over the back straightaway out, but you know, Scott, they've been talking about that for a couple of years, so we'll wait and see what happens when it happens. I guess they've got plans to transport it to the Lattimore Valley Fairgrounds, little racetrack that they have there. So we'll see. It's going to be quite a project to take that take that bridge out of there. I, I, To be honest with you, that is kind of the M.O. of that racetrack, isn't it, a little bit, that bridge going across the back straightaway? Yeah, that's that's part of the tradition of Williams Grove is that, right. that walkway bridge that goes over the racetrack. Of course, they don't let people on it while the races are going on or the cars are on the track, but that's one of the distinguishing features of Williams Grove Speedway is that bridge that goes over the back straightaway. And, you know, just, I guess, I don't know what you want to say about it. It's just something that's always been there. And after it's gone, I think, you know, it's going to be a little different. It's, it's not going to have the same feel. Right, no doubt about it. Um, you, you had a chance to watch the World Finals. Donnie Schatz picks up two in a row. What would you think about the World Finals this year? You know, Donnie Schatz had him covered. Even on the night his car broke, I would say he was the fastest car at the World Finals in sprint car racing. Yep. He just really had him covered. And at the end of the, the third night on the uh, fourth night on uh, what was it Saturday night, he said, I'm looking forward to next year. He goes, because these guys are going to be chasing me. So right. I think he's found something with that Ford engine after all, all the time he spent working on it and developing it. And he is very confident that he is uh, really going to dominate next year. He's, he's really got a positive ad attitude about 2023 racing with the world of outlaws. So he really had him covered. He, there was no doubt about it. He was fast out of the box and just a master in traffic. And there wasn't yeah. really anything that could slow him down except for the, the part failure, whatever it was that broke. They, I don't know if they still know, what broke on the right rear when he raced on Wednesday night. He, I heard the Jacob's ladder, the shock, right. the tire, the wheel, everything on the right rear was just demolished. And they had a camera on it, and they lost the camera too. So I don't know if they'll ever figure out what the cause of the right rear failure was as far as the suspension and the tire and the wheel. But 
uh, had to tow him off the racetrack and I took a couple of laps and, yeah. you know, he was frustrated because he knew he had a fast race car. So right, right. It, it, the racing, the racing was good. The, the track surface, as everybody knows, is not the best in the world. Right. It's very dusty and everybody leaves there, you know, like a red person, you know, you're, right, right. you've got that red clay all over you and have to wash it off when you get back home. But it's just part of the world finals. It had tremendous crowds. All four nights, they had a great crowd, even on Wednesday night when they opened up. And this is the first year they've had four nights, so Wednesday was was a new deal. Um, the crowds were great. People had a, had a lot of fun that came. It is a little bit of a party atmosphere, you know, because it's yep. the last sprint car race of the year, the last big race, the last race in Charlotte for the season. We could hear cars practicing over at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, you know, in the afternoon when we were waiting for the races to get started there at the dirt track. So that was kind of fun to hear the yeah. hear the sports cars and the cars going around the big track over at Charlotte. Yeah. So it definitely is a race town. And I, th- I think everybody with us had a good time. It's a lot of hours, you know, get to the racetrack early and, and you leave late. But we had an auction on Saturday, our auction we share with the uh, Dirt Late Model Hall of Fame and then the Dirt Northeast Modified uh, Racing Hall of Fame up in Weedsport, New York. We share the proceeds with, with those two other museums. So, it's a fun auction. We had our largest crowd we've ever had Saturday for the auction there in Charlotte at the Z-Max Dragway. Awesome. So I want to thank everybody that helped us at the auction also while we were down there. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Brad Sweet, he picks up another championship. Um, he did what he had to do. He finished in front of David Gravel. David Gravel didn't really have a good weekend. Um, but I, I, I got to believe that next year you're going to see a, a championship battle between Donnie Schatz, Brad Sweet, Carson Macedo and David Gravel. I think those four guys are going to battle it out for the championship next year. What are your thoughts? I think you're exactly right. I think that's a good prediction. I think all four of those guys uh, are very uh, positive about 2023 and thinking that they've got great equipment, uh, uh, great personnel, the same team of people helping them that they had this year. You know, as, as far as we've heard, there's nobody new on any of those four teams. It's it's the same pit crews, crew chiefs. Uh, managers and people back at home ordering the parts and keeping everything in running order. So I think, I think you're right, Scott. I think those are the four teams that are, that are going to be up at the front vying for the championship when we get back to Charlotte in 2023, next September. Yeah. November, make that November. It, was there any news coming out of uh, the world finals down there that we can share on the, on the radio today? Yeah, I think I think it's it's not out yet, but it's going to be out here in the next day or so that the USAC Sprint cars are going to be back in Knoxville next year. They haven't been here for a few years, and that's a race I think a lot of Sprint car fans are looking forward to. And it's going to be Friday and Saturday, a two-day show, June 2nd and 3rd. And it's the same weekend as our induction banquet. So we'll oh, have our, awesome. our 31st annual National Sprint Car Hall of Fame induction banquet on that Saturday. So it should be a good thing for both our inductions to have some new race fans with us for that on Saturday afternoon. Then, of course, the sprint car races Friday night and Saturday night with the United States Auto Club. And I think what the track is planning on doing, don't quote me on this, but I think they're planning on running the 360s as the support class on Friday night and the 410 wing cars as a support class on Saturday night. So it should be a great weekend of racing. Right. Hey, Bob, let's talk a little bit about this uh 2023 um corvette that you guys are going to be giving it away uh next year now i've been telling everybody this is not just a a a regular corvette this is the z07 performance package and 
It makes 760 horsepower. It goes from zero to 60 in 2.6 seconds. It's an eight-speed automatic. It's an automatic, right? Yep. Right. This, this really is is, a, is like a Corvette race car, Scott. I mean, yeah. the, the Z07 performance package, what that is, it's larger tires, larger wheels, larger brakes, and an aerodynamic package. So this is, is the same setup on the car, the same car that they tested at Nuremberg. So oh, wow. it's a race car. The people that are race car drivers that, that tested it said, this is, this is a race car that's street legal. That's what it is. Mm. So it's, it's even racier, I think, than the IMSA GTLM championship edition that we just gave away here back in August. And I, and I say that just because of the Z07 performance package. Those are racing tires, racing wheels, mm-hmm. racing brakes, uh, the aerodynamics package you know, that they use on the IMSA cars. So it's more of a of a race car, really. It's a very high-performance car. And just to give you an idea of the Z07 performance package compared to what we gave away last year, right now we're a little over $100,000 in donations ahead of where we were at the same time last wow. year. The interest level in this car has been the highest of the five Corvettes that we've given away. And the only thing different that we've got is – that it's the Z06. It is the 70th anniversary. It's the white pearl tricoat paint job that's on it. And it's, it's got all the 70th anniversary, you know, logos and names on it all over the car. But the Z06 with the Z07 performance package is what I think has the Corvette enthusiast and racing enthusiast excited about this car. You know, it, but they, they have a cash option as well. If they, if they don't want to take the car, you, you can give them $75,000 in cash, but that's not what I would do. I'd take the car and sell the car. You get more money out of it that way, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. The first car off the line, Rick Hendrick bought the number one uh, VIN number. Of course, he buys the number one VIN all the time, but right. he paid $3.3 million Holy for cow. the first one of this edition. Wow. So that tells you that it's a special car if he's paying over $3 million for it. Mm. Um, and I, and I think that caught people's attention. And if you follow like Corvette blogger or any of the Corvette things online, the, the writings and all the stories about this car, you see the race drivers that have driven it. You hear the stories that they tell people that this is not just another Corvette. This really is a race car. That's got a Corvette body on it. So uh, people are pretty excited about this. Yeah. And they can use a promo code, uh, promo 20 to get 20% more tickets too. Right. Right. All they have to do is go online, and you can do it on your phone or your tablet. Go to winaz06corvette.com, and that contest on your phone. And you can look at all the pictures of the car, learn about the car, learn a little bit about our museum, the history of our museum, and that all the donations go to help us keep our museum open. You know, when people come to the museum, I don't think when they walk through here, they realize we have five buildings here now. We have the right. museum building the Brian Clausen Sweet Tower, the staging building, the Rib Shack restaurant, and also our archive building over on, on Jackson Street that's two blocks away where all of Sprint Car Racing's archives from all across America are stored. So five buildings takes a lot of money to keep, yeah, keep in operation. Yeah. And so we've been very fortunate with our staff and the people we have here and with the donations the Corvettes brought to us to be able to keep, keep things rolling around up here in turn two. Yeah. Well, again, you can register 
uh, and buy the raffle tickets at winaz06corvette.com. That's winaz06corvette.com. And if you would like to still have a chance to win this 2022 XXX 410 Sprint Car, uh, they're going to be giving that away on Friday, December 16th, and you can do so at sprintcarraffle.com. That's sprintcarraffle.com. If you're not comfortable uh, giving your information on a computer, you can always call them up at 641-842-6176. That's 641-842-6176, and they'll take your information over the phone. You can do it that way as well. You're absolutely right, Scott. I know there's a lot of people that aren't really into computers and and smartphones and tablets and all that stuff. And we're open seven days a week, and we have people that answer the phones here during the day. And uh, they'd be glad to take any information, you know, if you'd like to make a donation to try to win the Corvette or the Raffle Sprint car. Uh, the, the Raffle Sprint car, again, we give away December 16th, and the Corvette we give away next year on August the 19th. And right. both of those are our top two fundraisers for the museum. Of course, you know, we have our suites here in our museum store, uh, getting ready for Christmas, but the Corvette and the raffle sprint car definitely are what help us keep the doors open. Yeah. Well, let's make sure that you buy some raffle tickets again for the Corvette. That's win a Z06 Corvette.com win a Z06 Corvette.com. And if you want to do the sprint car, sprintcarraffle.com as well, Bob, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here on mostly motorsports. Again, we can't thank you enough for being a great supporter of this show and uh, we 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 just been, gosh, I think we've known you like for thirty years now, right? It's a long time. <laughs> yes, and I want to thank you for keeping motorsports alive in Kansas City. You know, before you and uh, Kirk came along, there was a void in the Kansas City area in 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 media for motorsports and talking about the local races and national races that come through Kansas City. So, so thank you for all of your hard work, and and also thank Scott or not Scott Kirk for all the work you've done to, to keep motorsports at the forefront of all the race fans in the Kansas City area. You know, Bob, what's so funny is is that this show, the majority of our listeners are from the East Coast. I don't know if you know that, but we have a ton. I never of, knew that before. A, a ton of people from Ohio, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York. California is our number one state. We, we've got people from all around the country that listen to this show. It's really a national show, and we couldn't be more proud of of how we've put it together this year, and it, it's just been working out great for us. Well, we're very happy to support the show, and the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, as you know, is a national organization for sprint car racing all across the country, so we're in the right place being with you. All right, Bob. Thank you so much, buddy. I appreciate you. All right. Thanks, Scott, and if you need anything, give us a shout. All right. We'll do it, Bob. Thank you. There, there you have it, Bob Baker joining us here on Mostly Motorsports. We're going to take a break when we come back. Brady Bacon joins us next. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. We'll be right back. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. 
Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Next to your vehicle's engine, your transmission is the most important component of your car. If it's not properly maintained, your car may not shift properly. By adding Lucas Transmission Fix to your transmission, it cleans and lubricates sticking valves for proper shifting, renews worn bands to stop slipping, stops seal leaks, will not void new car warranties, contains no harmful solvents. Lucas Transmission Fix. It works. So here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Missouri's must play away. Osage National Country Sword. Three nine hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system, pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment, it works. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. At Lucas Oil, we take pride in creating problem-solving products to make your car care easier. We protect your vehicle and make it run longer so you can focus on the things that matter most. Whether it's commuting to work, visiting a loved one, taking the kids where they need to go, going to the big game, or anywhere life takes you, Lucas Oil is committed to getting you there for all of life's important moments. Lucas Oil. It works. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer. Producer Austin O'Neill running the show today here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. Joining us now is a four-time USAC champion, 
non-wing sprint car champion, Brady Bacon joins us now. Brady, how you doing? Good. Hey, man, congratulations on the big win out there at the Oval Nationals. That's the first time. You know, it, 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 it's kind of mind-blowing that you haven't won that before, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, you know, we've been close. We've won some prelim nights and stuff, but it's definitely a tough race to win. Um, kind of the track gives you some curveballs. Um, and then also you kind of get a little bit penalized for we've been high point guy there several times. And then you have to start sixth and dash. Um, and sometimes if they reverse the track and stuff in the past, it's been so heavy that it's hard to, to pass anybody. So um, we've had that happen to us before, had some mechanical problems before, just had some bad luck before, um, and then just been slow. So, but uh, we were, we kind of overcame all that this year and we were able to get a win. Yeah. Uh, talk about the track this year. What was it? What was it? Typical Paris Auto Speedway. Was it the the surface kind of like it always is every year when you go out there? Um. Yes. Similar. I mean, I think that their tracks that they get locally. Yeah. Um, are a little different than what it is during Oval Nationals. They don't ever race multiple days in a row, so that you know brings some challenges. You got to keep the track hard enough to not get rough, but you have to get the water in the next day. So I think that kind of throws the West coast guys for a little bit of a loop, but, um, you know, it got close to taking rubber at the very, very end a couple nights, uh, around the top. But before that, it, there was multiple lanes of racing, um, throughout the race. So, um, it's a, you know, it was a little cooler this year than normal, actually chilly. So that probably helped the track a little bit too, but, um, the second night was a little bit different than the first, and then the third night was kind of a combination of the first two. So yeah. we uh, were lucky to kind of hit our setup right and, and had a good card for Saturday, and it paid the big money. Well, you, you were ripping the top on both ends there, but th that yellow came out, and you worked the top down in, in three and four, but then you went to the bottom down in one and two. But then after the yellow came back out again, you went back to the top. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, the um, Friday night, we got the top rolling um, and drove right up to third. And then uh, kind of all at the same time, um, some people moved up from the bottom to the middle and it kind of dirtied up the top. And then uh, at the same time as that, there was a lot of grease still yet on exit, especially a turn two. And that kind of cleaned up all at the same time. So we kind of had two lanes that got faster than our lane, like, uh, in the course of like one or two laps, it kind of caught us off guard. So we uh, tried to uh, avoid that happening again. And I knew that that bottom of, of turn two was probably going to come back in at some point. So I didn't want to, you know, let someone sneak by me down there. And then once I felt like it, it slowed back down, I moved back up to the top. Yeah. It, it, it Was it me or did it seem like some of the lap cars were giving you a little bit of a fit? Um, yeah, I mean, once it gets kind of up around the top, that place is kind of hard to, to make some moves and pass. So, uh, you know, and they're racing for position too. And, uh, you know, you got to be aggressive, but patient at the same time. And, uh, luckily it wasn't terrible. Didn't, didn't hinder us too awful much, but, uh, you know, we were able to, to go ahead and get by him and, and make it unscathed, I guess. Yeah, you, you were talking about the $20,000 it paid to win that race, but then you get an extra $10,000 from Spire. 
Uh, and that really, you, you talk about that in great length about how that helps you get through the winter months when you're not racing. Talk about that just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, hats off to USAC and, and everybody and, and kind of open oil racing in general for over the past, you know, two or three years, really, you know, stepping up and raising the the purses a little bit, the point fund especially in USAC. I mean, I made more in point fund money this year by running second in points and winning the Bubby Jones Master Going Faster bonus than I won in my first two championships combined. So, um, that's a a big, a a big step and a, not a lot of time. So, um, you know, and even not winning the championship used to be like, if you didn't win, it was kind of not going to make any money that year. So even now you can run second, get some other bonuses, sprint week pays 10 grand to win the points, the master faster, 10 grand to win, you know, 50 to win the championship, 30 for second, obviously 20,000 win the race. Um, so it's uh, it's it's come a long way. I don't I don't think we're done by any means because our expenses increased just like everybody else's this year right, right. Um, in every industry. So you know I hope we can keep trudging away, improving for the racers and you know the streaming and stuff adds some benefit and some complication to that. But um, you know everyone's going to have to kind of work together to find a balance and figure that out where kind of everyone's getting um, what they deserve and we keep the sport healthy. Do you think uh, live streaming these events does that help you when you go out to sell your your sponsorship? Does, does it help you when you can tell people that you're going to have thousands of eyes watching the races on Flow or whatever network that you want to watch, Extreme, whatever it is? Um, does it help you a little bit knowing that you're going to be a, a lot of these races on TV? In theory, it should, but we are not necessarily provided with the best information on that. Yeah. Um, the demographics and, and things like that, where if we were, if that was readily available to the teams, um, it could help us, um, you know, to, to present that to sponsors and stuff. But honestly, what helps the most is that our sponsors personally can watch the race and right. be engaged. Um whether they're, I have sponsors in South Dakota, Pennsylvania, Oklahoma, uh, Texas, all over the country, and all those people can watch the races. That actually helps us more than, um, you know, the monetization of the viewership, which um, a lot of people talk about how we should be able to monetize that, but no one's really been able to monetize it. Right. To the teams. Yeah. No so doubt. we're still kind of, you know, I've expressed my, not concerned, but, you know, looking for some ideas on how the teams can use those numbers and, and use the obviously huge streaming audience to influence sponsors. And it's just such a new media type that I don't think that corporate sponsors have fully grasped its value yet. And um, it's just a matter of time before we can convince them of that. Yeah. Do you think that non-wing sprint car racing is in the best place it's been? Uh, Because it appears outwardly, looking in, that non-wing sprint car racing is in a really good place right now. Um, It is. The the Extreme Series was a little bit of a challenge. And, um, 
you know, probably a little bit of a help this year to kind of bring some, you know, maybe some outside sources to say, hey, maybe they're going to try to do it different or maybe USAC's doing it right already and where maybe it's not as bad as we thought it was, you know, everyone always, everyone is easy to complain, but it's not easy to offer solutions. So, um, I think people get in the mode of just complaining, we need more money, we need this, we need that. And not really, um, you know, I, I call the racing world, like a carousel and it, the carousel has a horse for the promoters. It has a horse for streaming has a horse for drivers has a horse for teams has a horse for the series if any one of those horses stops the whole thing stops right so yeah. if if the promoters aren't putting fans in the stands they more money yeah so um that's the number one goal it's a it's a live sporting event and we do need to make sure we get people in the stands and you know if if streaming is enough of uh revenue to make up for maybe not having people in the stands every single time or right. we can do it during the week you know, when people might be more have more time to watch it, then you know we can explore that. But that, like you said, you got to make sure all, all the horses on the carousel get fed, so it keeps on moving. Can a driver make a living off of the winnings by itself, or do you need the sponsors to go along with it? Uh, yeah, no, the owners and the drivers can't just make it. I mean, a driver, I guess, could theoretically make a decent living just off of the winnings. Um, but you're also got to factor in all your travel expense to yeah. get those winnings. So it's not every team pays their drivers, you know, fuel to get to the racetrack, hotels, pit passes, all that. Yeah. So that's negotiated kind of separately. Um, and then obviously t-shirts, merchandise is huge form of income for us. Um, and then I kind of just try to encapsulate everything on one and kind of mm-hmm. operate the team out of my shop and kind of, it, it helps eliminate some of the overhead by, you know, encompassing ownership, driving, you know, merchandise and working on the car and and stuff like that. So it's, it definitely, you're not going to last very long without sponsors because the owner's going to get tired of spending money or he's going to run out or, you know, anything can happen. So we have a a lot of good supporters and we kind of have to, we try to spread it out among, you know, a lot of supporters where if someone, something changes in their business or, in their life and they would have to, you know, maybe step back a little bit. It's not a lethal blow to our race team. Right. And we can hopefully make it up somewhere else. Uh, Justin Grant, he wins the championship this year. Is there one period during the summer where you felt like you dropped the ball a little bit and, and, and if you didn't do, didn't have those problems during the summer months that you feel like you could have won the championship this year. Is there, is there one period during the summer that you, you feel like, you kind of let the drop the ball a little bit. Um, maybe the ball was thrown in the face and uh-huh. smashed our nose a little bit. Yeah, um, we had some things that were out of our control. Robert Ballou takes me out, destroys a car at Gas City. We blow a tire at Terre Haute, and it destroys our car. Two races, not our fault. Can't control it. Right. Those two races puts us ahead of the points. Uh-huh. So it was just one of those years. Sometimes things go your way you know, and sometimes they don't. Eventually, you know, the peaks and valleys all even out over the course of time. We seem like we were in a really, really, really long valley this year where we had fast cars and cars capable of winning and things just weren't going our way. And at the same time, you know, Justin had a pretty good year where, 
you know, when he wasn't the fastest, he still finished decent. Mm-hmm. And then when he capitalized when he was fast and he just really didn't have any problems. I don't think he had a single DNF all year. So, yeah. um, that's hard to beat, you know, and some of it's out of, out of your control. And he obviously was able to continue that for the whole year and testament to his preparation and capitalized when he had the opportunities. And, and we just had too much, uh, adversity and weren't able to, to keep up to overcome it. Right. Yeah, no doubt. All right. So, uh, listen, I, I, I know this is a tough t- subject to talk about, but listen, I knew Ted and Ted was one of the great guys, man. He was such, a just an awesome person and he was always so nice to the racing boys um losing ted that's just got to be a big blow to the family and and i i don't mean to drag this out but he was just such a good guy but yeah i mean it was uh, maybe bittersweet all at the same time um if anyone knew my grandpa he was always was moving and going and doing and working and I uh, kind of didn't like to be sit still for very long and always wanted a project and always working on something. So, you know, the last few months, him not being able to do that, um, you could tell just wasn't uh, you know, enjoying that at all. So um, the last few weeks before he, he passed, he actually got to feeling pretty good, was able to, you know, ride his trike uh, a couple times awesome. and, and go to town and see some, some of his friends and hang out and stuff. So, um that was good to see him feeling better. And then all, and then, um, his passing was, was relatively sudden. Um, and he had been struggling with some health issues, but he was feeling better at the time. So, um, that was a lot better of an option than, you know, maybe him suffering or having to right. go to a, the hospital or, you know, that wasn't his style at all. And, yeah. and he wouldn't have liked that. So if, you know, everything's got to come to an end eventually and you just, you know, look at the positive and that it, kind of happened as, as good as it could have and he didn't have to he didn't have to set around and waste away as he would say yeah very right. long he was able to yeah. be active for you know 99 percent of his life such a good guy what was the number one thing that you learned from ted um i think just our my family's you know honesty and work ethic he obviously was the foundation of that and we've just tried to build upon that since then and um I'm not quite as good as him at maybe saying what I feel, but uh, right. he definitely wasn't shy about that. Um, so uh, sometimes you got to take that uh, and apply it to life when when things aren't going, thing, working like you should. Sometimes you just got to tell people about it. So, right, right. Uh, he definitely would share his opinion if it wasn't his way or the well. There was only two ways: his way or the wrong way. So right. Um, he would he would tell you if you're doing it wrong. Well, let me just tell you, um, you're a chip off the old block when it comes to Ted. Uh, you've always spoke what's on your mind. You've never had a problem doing that. And Brady, I, I'm so I'm so sad to hear the passing of Ted. He was such a good guy, and he was so good to the racing boys. So um, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. Um, Go get him next year. Uh, are the plans to go try to win the championship again next year? Is that the plan? Yes, that's the plan. We're kind of already working towards that, and all our parts are ordered and kind of making preparations to, to go for a, another championship and hopefully kind of redeem ourselves from not winning this one. But uh, I think we have all the pieces in place to to make another good run at it, and, you know, we're just work a little harder. There were some, you know, some distractions this year with Pottad's health and, kind of working on building a house and moving and selling a house and 
the economy and, you know, things changing with the wing racing and the extreme deal that kind of could provide some distraction and knowing where you need to put your resources and where you need to use your time and making sure you're on the right side of the fence if things go wrong. So kind of looking forward to next year. Everything kind of seems to be settled down and back to normal and we can focus on doing what what we do and the Hoffmans do, and that's go out and win races and win championships. Yeah. I'm hearing that uh, June 2nd and 3rd, the USAC non-wing sprint cars are going to be running up at uh, Knoxville. What do you think about that? Uh, obviously, I'm really thrilled about that. We Things kind of seem to be going our way as far as the schedule goes. Grandview Speedway is back on the schedule again, which yep. that's our, one of our best tracks, as well as Knoxville is back on the schedule, and that's also one of our best tracks. So we got a pretty high win percentage at both of those places, and definitely no glad to be back. Um, Knoxville is obviously a wonderful place, sprint car capital of the world. We got to race, you know, some wing stuff there this year, but really glad that USAC's back. And I feel like non-wing sprint cars deserve a weekend um, at Knoxville. Yep, no doubt. All right, Brady, thanks so much for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports, buddy. I appreciate you doing so. All right, thank you. All right, there you have it, Brady Bacon. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. We'll be right back. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Next to your vehicle's engine, your transmission is the most important component of your car. If it's not properly maintained, your car may not shift properly. By adding Lucas Transmission Fix to your transmission, it cleans and lubricates sticking valves for proper shifting, renews worn bands to stop slipping, stops seal leaks, will not void new car warranties, contains no harmful solvents. Lucas Transmission Fix. It works. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Missouri's must play away. Osage National Coffee Store. Three nine hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. 
great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. Pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. At Lucas Oil, we take pride in creating problem-solving products to make your car care easier. We protect your vehicle and make it run longer so you can focus on the things that matter most. Whether it's commuting to work, visiting a loved one, taking the kids where they need to go, going to the big game, or anywhere life takes you, Lucas Oil is committed to getting you there for all of life's important moments. Lucas Oil. It works. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer along with producer Austin O'Neill. Austin, what'd you think about uh, Brady talking about Robert Ballou taking him out at Gas City? He, he, he was still a little rubbed by that one, wasn't he? It cost him a championship, so, yeah. I mean, he has every right to to have, you know, an issue with that still. I mean, uh, you, you sit back and it's you, you, you run through your season and, and, and figure out, you know, what what, what happened here and yeah. what happened there. And, and, you know, Robert's just, you know, one of those guys that uh, – Win it or wear it. Well, he has no problem running you over. And, you know, sometimes he can he can rub you the wrong way and or sometimes it can be your best friend. So – you know, and he's he's definitely kind of shown you know both both sides of that this year, and um, it, it, those two cars were the best cars starting the year off, and I really didn't think that Justin Grant was going to win the championship. I I figured it'd be, you know, either Roberts or for, or Brady, and you know it, those two just started going at it, and you know they only had really one run in, but you know you, you know besides that run, you know one one incident, you know they have mm -hmm. some races that. They don't fall their way, and and the guy that cons that's consistent and out of the mess is is the guy that wins the championship. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, I don't, I think Brady will get over it at some point, and and everybody else, you know, moves on. But, um, you still remember, you know, what took you out of a chance of, of a championship, and, um, you know, when we're all racers, we don't forget. But, um, you know, you get to that that position maybe next year, the year after, and. Right. And you have the same opportunity. You you might think you know different on on how you how you you know attack that or approach that. Yeah, Robert Blue ended up fourth in the points. C.J. Leary was third. Brady Bacon second. Justin Grant won the championship. Um, yeah, I was a little surprised to see Robert fall back to fourth in the points. Weren't you a little bit? Yeah, I think he had a couple races. Um, you know that were just you know weren't weren't. Did he blow a tire or two? Along the way, 
Yeah, I can't remember what exactly happened to him. It, um, but he started off the year really strong, and then it just, um, he just finished the year kind of average and just was was there, and you know it just. Um, that's that's kind of I'm trying to think of of how his season really went. I don't remember really anything that stood out to me that that was really you know impressive besides his, his wins around here, and that was that was it. Who would you think is the favorite to win the championship next year? Is it Justin Grant? Is it Brady Bacon? Is it Robert Berlew? Is it uh, C.J. Leary? I mean, who would you think is the favorite going into next year for the championship? Well, you have to look at who won it the year before, and that would be Justin Grant. And Justin's been fast and and been a contender in Nottingham Sprint Racing for quite some time, but. You know, you can't look at at the guys that are that run, you know, the top five or the top five in points every year, and that's, right. uh, you know, Brady, Robert, Grant. Uh, you know, CJ will be good again. Emerson Axum um, was fifth. Yeah, he'll be. He just needs, you know, more time on the road. I don't know if he's going to get shipped to wing racing next year or not. Um, you know, if he stays, he was a rookie this year, by the way. He he was, and yeah. if he, if he stays and doesn't one more year, he he'll be good. He, you know, he went to a lot of these tracks for the first time and. Uh, you go back a second time, and um, you actually have a notebook under yourself, and you know what to expect. So, yeah, you got to look at the guys that are at least in the top five in points, and you know they all have, you know, good good equipment, and good cars, um, and all have really a legitimate shot at at winning each night. And I mean, look, I think everybody in those, you know, top each driver in the top five and and points, uh, you know, all ran, you know, maybe in the top five at some point uh, in the weekend at Paris. So. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see you know one of those guys you know be be tough to beat. They're all going to be tough to beat anyways. Yeah, yeah. Marie said uh, that uh, Robert had a rough SmackDown. Do you remember what happened at SmackDown? No, no, I don't either. No. Um, and, and Marie also says that uh, Leary is a good qualifier. No doubt about that, right? C.J. Leary is a good qualifier. Um. Let's go back uh, to the topic uh, that we started the show with. Let me ask you this. What do you think? I, I said this, and I was wrong, and I'll say I was wrong, but I felt like Flo was going to make Kyle Larson go run the Chili Bowl. It was announced today that he's going to be running the Wild West Shootout down at Votto Speedway Park. What's your thoughts about all that? Do you, do you is that going to change anything at the Chili Bowl, or is it going to just be life without Kyle Larson? Do you think that that's going to interfere with people wanting to watch the Chili Bowl, or not? I think you'll lose you'll lose a little bit, not enough to maybe make a big difference. Uh, you're still going to have three hundred and and some odd cars. Uh, it's it's still going to be a packed house. You know, you might lose lose your average. You know, let's say NASCAR fan that's you know sitting in the winter, uh, sitting in, in the middle of January with nothing to do, twiddling, twiddling their thumbs, wanting to watch their favorite Cup driver Kyle Larson go out and race. You know, the Chili Bowl, um, and which in a car that he really excels at. Um, you know, you might lose them to go out to to tune over to another Flow race on the same platform. You know, at the Wild West Shootout. Um, you know, you'll, you'll lose maybe the ones that go, uh, I, the impact of it, it probably won't be that big. Um, 
you know, I'd be surprised to see, you know, it, what's the car count look like? Does the car count drop? And, and you know, there's a lot of people that agree with Kyle and, and that are going to follow what he does uh, and that, that, you know, believe that, the, that, that, you know, the race should pay more. So um, as much as I want to put, you know, a prediction out there what's going to happen, I'm, I'm really not sure. I, I don't. I'm I don't just, think it's going to affect. I'm just it at waiting all. to see, you know, until what what January is going to look like. Is it? Uh, it probably won't be a big thing, but um, you know, I I would just be interested to see. You know, maybe people aren't talking about it right now, or when the entries start coming out. All right, who's who's going to be there and who isn't going to be there, and and you know, do they believe you know what Larson believes and and, and only goes there, f- uh, or is not going to go there because of of the pay that they're offering. Hmm. Um. Do you feel that, and, and, and you don't have to answer this question, but I, I'm going to ask you, do you feel like he's getting a little bit of a big head, just a little bit? Uh, I, I don't know if you could call it a big head or Getting full of himself a little bit, or, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know what you could pin it to. Um, I'll say this first before I go on. I've been a Kyle Larson's fan for quite some time. Yep. I still like Kyle. I still want him to succeed. But something has happened in 2022 that has changed Kyle Larson and Kyle Larson's personality. I don't know if it's the lack of success throughout the whole year. I don't know if it's pressure from Cup. I don't know what what you could pin it down to. But Kyle Larson isn't, is he, or is he jealous of of you know positions other people are in i i don't know it's all you know you could just could it be jealous of seabell i he maybe i don't know but he's he's not the the happy um outgoing kyle larson we've seen uh he's more standoffish making unlike kyle larson uh you know comments like we saw at, at martinsville with ross chastain Kyle, you're, you've done that a couple times now, um, and you're the kind of one that's, I don't want to say, you know, put that into drivers' minds, but, you know, people people know what you do and, and, and saw what you did, you know, at Darlington and, and you know, wanted to give it a shot. Um, I And for him to go out there and make a comment like that, you know, that, that it's embarrassing, and, and I don't know how he can, if he's just, you know, upset that, you know, he didn't, it didn't work out for him or, or what, but, you know, when you have, you know, world-class drivers, IndyCar, F1, V8 supercars, um, dirt, pavement, local, you know, full-time racing, all, all levels of it, you know, tuning in and, and watching that clip and, and the light is put on NASCAR. I don't know how that can be embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe because it didn't work for you in, in September of, of 2021, but, um, yeah, there's just, I don't know. Larson's Larson's in a, in a in a weird spot right now. I don't know if it's in his personal life that's something that's affecting it, but he's just he's just not not doing a lot of good for himself right now. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Billy he chimed in. He said the Chili Bowl was around long before Larson, and will be uh, around long after he's finished with racing. Um, your dad chimed in. He said uh, the Chili Bowl is still the Chili Bowl, and proof was on full display. With the response he got from his comments regarding Ross Chastain, he can go do what Kyle does. The Chili Bowl will miss you, but it will go on without you. And I, I, I totally agree with your dad right there. 
Yeah, and I, I you know I agree with Kyle that it, that it should pay more. Everything is getting more expensive, and and racing is has yet to get cheaper in the past couple of years. But um, you know I think that that situation could have been handled differently. And um, you know all we can do is is you know work to make it you know get get it to the point to where it can pay better one day um, instead of just you know overreacting about it and and deciding to go somewhere else. But you know, Kyle does Kyle, and, and we'll do what we do, and, and we'll go our separate ways. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, well, again, we want to thank everybody for tuning in to uh, Mostly Motorsports today, um, and we appreciate the people that are downloading the the podcast um, each and every day. We, we want to thank our guests today as well, Brady Bacon and Bob Baker, uh, for being on the show today. It, it was a good show. I thought that... Uh, a lot of insight there on what's going on up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum through Bob Baker. And it was always good to hear what Brady Bacon had to think about his um, second place in the points this year with the USAC non-wing sprint cars. So we want to thank everybody for tuning in. And we're going to do it all over tomorrow. Steve Post is going to join us tomorrow. So that's always a good time talking to Steve. We hope that you'll join us right here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all been brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works for Austin O'Neill. For my partner, Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Mostly Motorsports. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system, pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. At Lucas Oil, we take pride in creating problem-solving products to make your car care easier. We protect your vehicle and make it run longer so you can focus on the things that matter most. Whether it's commuting to work, visiting a loved one, taking the kids where they need to go, going to the big game, or anywhere life takes you, Lucas Oil is committed to getting you there for all of life's important moments. Lucas Oil. It works.